Can a Christian father delegate his responsibility to teach the faith to his family? Hi, I'm Mike Mason. This is St. Joe's Society Podcast. The St. Joe's Society is a Catholic lay apostolate devoted to help men order all things to Christ as they become strong in mind, body, and spirit. If you'd like to check out more about us, you can see us online at stjosephsociety.org. This is the St. Joseph Boot Camp, episode 19. And the question before us today is, can a Christian father delegate his responsibility to teach the faith to his family? I entitled this episode, The Crozier of Fatherhood. Now, what is a crozier? A crozier is a staff that resembles like a shepherd's crook, okay? And it's carried by bishops or abbots of monasteries as symbols of their teaching office. And the reason why I titled this podcast The Crozier of Fatherhood is because what we're going to discover is that you actually have authority from God to teach the faith to your wife and to your children. And so in this episode, we're going to look at where you get the, the fact that Christ himself is the prophet and teacher of the faith, but that his, and his teaching authority has been passed on to the bishops and priests and also to Christian fathers. We're also going to look at how you can do this, some practical application, how you do this in word and deed, how you create a, ca- a Catholic culture, and then I'll have a warning for you at the end on how to live this faithfully. So can a Christian father delegate his responsibility to teach the faith to his family? In some sense, the answer is obviously yes. Okay, I'm a Catholic school teacher. Um, many people, uh, many of you, probably send your children to catechism class at your parish or your local Catholic school. So obviously, delegating some instruction of the faith um, is a perfectly fine thing to do. Okay, but can a Christian father, in good conscience, delegate all of the instruction away? I'm going to argue no. Okay, and the church is going to flat out say no. No, you have a responsibility to teach your wife and your children the faith. You've been given this responsibility by God. You've given the you've been given this duty to do it, and God will be faithful to you to give you the graces you need to do it. But we're going to talk about today is where you get this authority from and then how you can exercise it well. All right, let's start with Jesus. Okay, Jesus Christ as prophet. In John chapter 14 verse 6, Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, in the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. Now, last week we talked to the fact about the fact that Jesus is king, and we see that when he says, I am the way. This week we're going to focus in on Jesus is the truth. So Jesus says in this passage, I am the truth. This indicates Christ's prophetic or teaching office. In John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus is a light that will lead us to the truth. In Hebrews 1.1, St. Paul says, God in the Old Testament reached out to man in lots of ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. So Jesus is truly the teacher of the faith. Now, does that mean we don't have a role in it? Well, obviously not. Of course, bishops have a role in teaching the faith. That's why they carry that crozier. And through the holy orders, they get... Um, um, grace to do that. Of course, our priests have a teaching authority. But what about us laymen? Listen to this quote by St. Augustine of Hippo, one of the greatest saints in the history of the church. St. Augustine of Hippo was addressing a group of Christian fathers in his day, and he said this, My fellow bishops, each and every one of you have in the home the bishop's office to see to it that neither his wife 
nor his son, his daughter, nor even his servant fall away from the truth, for they are bought with a great price. Guys, St. Augustine of Hippo, one of the greatest saints in the history of the church, addresses Catholic fathers as fellow bishops. Men, we have a teaching role within our family given to us by God through the sacraments of baptism, confirmation, for married men, matrimony, in order to teach and pass on the faith to not only our families, but to represent Christ in our communities as well. So let's look at some ways that we can teach both in word and deed, how we can create Catholic culture and avoid one great pitfall in being a prophet for Christ. Let's start with in word. Christian fathers must represent Christ in word. Okay. The father is a master catechist. Okay. In G.C. Dillsaver's book, he says this, A father who requires submission of his family must always remain himself submissive to the teachings of the church. So what's step one of being a proper teacher in your family? First, you have to believe what the church teaches. Men, we must be men that are committed to the truth of the Catholic faith, even the unpopular teachings. Are we completely committed to it? I'm a convert to Catholicism. When I came in at 31, they gave me a little slip of paper to read at my confirmation. It said, I believe and profess everything the church teaches. Men, are we studying what the church teaches? Are we learning it? If we find that we believe something that the church doesn't teach, do we change our views? Men, if we don't have the integrity to follow what the church teaches, how would we expect our wives and children to have it either? So the first thing is we need to make sure our house is in order. Second, you cannot be laissez-faire about this. We do not live in a circumstance where men can just be like, it's fine, I'll learn a little bit, or I'll listen to the priest homily, and that's it. We don't listen that, live in that type of society. We live in a, a time and place that is very hostile to our faith, and one of the primary ways our faith is attacked is through bad ideas. When I started the St. Joe Society a few years ago, one of the hallmarks of it was that men would commit to studying the faith twice a week. Okay. When you commit to that, I'm not saying you have to study for hours upon hours on end. Okay. We leave it to men to discern what they can do. But we say, listen, if you're not setting aside a couple times a week to brush up on your faith and learn it a little bit, um, you're not going to be equipped to be the man God wants you to be. Okay. Bishop Athanasius Schneider, one of my great heroes, I had the um, privilege of meeting him once, actually. This is what he says in the Ford to the Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma. We live at a time of grave doctrinal confusion when the sheep are often left without shepherds. Against the dangers of doctrinal ambiguity and the loss of clarity in moral matters, the faithful are called more than ever to seek to know their faith so they can defend it and pass it on to their children. Men, we must commit ourselves to learn our faith. Now, when I create these podcasts, I write out very detailed notes, okay? And what I've when I set out to do this podcast, I thought to myself, I'm going to keep the sources I use to a minimum. And what I've discovered is that there's five books that I refer to as the combat manuals for a Christian man. And I want to introduce you to those books because they're always behind me on the shelf. Okay. And you guys probably have heard me refer to them often. The first combat manual, the Holy Bible. Gentlemen, you need to be in your Bible every single day. Okay. Every day you need to be setting time aside for that. In the St. Joseph boot camp, we've been reading the scriptures each day. If you've gotten in the habit of that, well done. But we have to keep it up from here on out. We need to be soaked in the word of God. The second thing I would encourage you guys to run out and get 
is the Catechism of the Council of Trent. I have this copy here from Tan Books. Okay, great copy. This is going to be the most fundamental teachings of the church. Now, the reason why I like the Catechism of the Council of Trent is because it's easy to read. It's a lot shorter. Okay, it's not a real long book. And so when you look this up, the language is real easy to follow. There's nothing necessarily wrong with the new catechism. It can be, it's one, it's really long. And two, it can use a lot of technical language that for just the average layman can be a little difficult to follow. The Chasm Council of Trent's a great resource um, for you. So I'd recommend getting one of those. The third combat manual is the Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma, like Lugwood Ott. Now, this book is not cheap, but it is worth every single penny. Okay. All the fundamentals of faith are contained in this book. If you at any point want to learn something about dogma in our faith, you will find it in here clearly explained. And this is a great, great, great resource. Um, I can't highlight that enough. Though I will warn you when you look up the price, you might freak out a little bit. Um, but it's worth it. Third one, we live in a time of grave moral, pardon me, fourth one, grave moral uh, confusion. Great book to have. The Handbook of Moral Theology by Dominic Prumer. This was just reprinted. You can get this for like 25 bucks. It's no big deal. It's very manageable size-wise. It's not real huge. This is a great book. When when moral issues come up in your life and you're like, I don't even know what to think about this, this is a great place to start. Okay, so having this on your bookshelf as a resource, it's a fantastic idea. When it comes to living the spiritual life, one volume text, this is, in my opinion, is the best one so uh, by far. It's called The Spiritual Life, a treatise on ascetical and mystical theology by Adolf Tankery. Again, not super long. This version is published by Tan. I'd recommend getting this one because the binding's really good. This is a great book to help you grow in the spiritual life. We're basically, this is for this podcast, this is our main combat manual, okay? Now, are these the only books that you need to live a faithful life? No, okay? There's lots of great books out there, and I reference them in this podcast. The reason why I chose these five is because these are books you should have on your shelf, not to read through like you would a novel, but they're your combat manual. When something pops up, you need an answer for it. You go to them, you get a trustworthy and authoritative answer, and then you can pass it on to your wife and kids. So I would highly encourage you guys to get those books, put them on your shelf. It's worth every penny. The last one you guys have seen on here, which I'll recommend briefly. This is a, a concise translation of some Thomas Aquinas' Summa Theologiae. Um, I have the long version at home, just not in my studio. Um, this is the long version is great too. That's really expensive. You can find a good copy on newadvent.org. You can look it up on there online. Piece of cake. So those are my combat manuals. We will return to them all the time during this podcast. All right. So that is teaching by word. How about teaching by deed? There's what's called the universal call to holiness. Every one of us is called to be holy. Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, Jesus says this, You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. The perfection here Jesus is talking about is perfection and holiness. He doesn't mean flawlessness. Jesus knows we're going to make mistakes. We're to strive after perfection and holiness so we can become the men God wants us to be. Listen to what Dillsaver says. He says, Indeed, it is a man's pursuit of personal holiness that is the best assurance of his family's holiness. The pursuit of sanctity does not admit of half-hearted attempts but rather is only achieved when every fiber of one's being is committed to the task. Guys, if you want to assure your family's holiness, you need to be living a life of holiness. We need to lead by example. We need to lead not only in word, but in deed as well. As I said at the top of this section of my notes, do as I say, 
and as I do. We need to lead our families well. The third way you guys need to pass on the faith, okay, is to create Catholic culture, okay? It is within our capacity as men to create culture. Catholicism needs a culture, okay? In the Gospels, in Matthew chapter 13, it, Jesus talks about the fact that there's four kinds of soil and the seed of the word of God lands on them, okay? If the soil's not good, the seed of the word of God can't take root, sprout, and grow, okay? Culture is the cultivates the soil of your wife and children's hearts. We need a positive, warm, loving, fun culture to grow our children and our families in. We men have to create that. That Our culture is decrepit and evil. We can create an alternative. This is within our capacity. What are you doing to produce culture in your neighborhood, parish, and school? Guys, a lot of this stuff can be really fun. Scheduling a barbecue with all the guys in this group with your families once a month, take turns hosting, that's culture. Planning uh, cookouts or um, um, things like that after special masses, that's culture. Um, coach, I coach my kids' football team for a uh, parish here in town, that's culture. You need to find ways to bind together with other Catholic men and their families to start building really fun ways to be Catholic. This will help your children embrace the teaching you're giving them and also be inspired to follow your witness. So get together, gentlemen, and start creating culture. Final takeaway for y'all, okay? You need to lead by word. You need to be lead by deed, and you need to create culture. The last warning, and this is from Dill Sayer. I'll quote him and then explain it. The Christian patriarch must live his life with complete Christian integrity, both in the home and outside of it. The Christian patriarch must guard against the compartmentalization of his life, always holding the ideals of his faith first and foremost and closest to his heart. Men, we must be men of integrity. You can't just be a solid Catholic man at mass or in your home or with your other buddies at church. We must live our faith everywhere. We must avoid the temptation to compartmentalize our Christian lives. We have to live with integrity in every area. Guys, when you start compartmentalizing, you're given a window for the evil one, for the devil himself to get in, and he's going to start splitting you apart. Be a man of integrity and live your faith in every single situation. If you commit to doing that, God will do great things through you. God bless you guys. See you next week.